please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, hey, it's Corey. Martin the Mailman. It's Jesse T. And I'm Young Leezy. Yes, yes. And we are back. Another episode of Kind of Movie Critics after our flourishing episode of uh, Get Out. I say flourishing only because, you know, we're still on a very minor scale and we're doing some. This is the best episode that we did so far in terms of like the output. Last time I checked, we were about 20 plays shy of 400. I think it's up to like 17 shy at this point. So Yeah. But who's count? So that's not bad, Me. man. <laughs> but but you know we can't really take credit for it, man. This movie, that movie is really doing its thing right now, man. I I'm totally shocked at the box office numbers. I'm gonna keep it 100, man. You know, for them to make that movie for 4.5 mil and what is it up to now, Martin? Like 50 million, 60 I million? Check, but it has to be if you, if like you're saying it's sold out. Like it was sold out for you last night, so yeah, but, it wasn't selling out the first weekend, and it was yeah, it 30 wasn't. million. Yeah. So yeah, you wouldn't see it twice. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I'm going to see it again, too. Listen, the second time around, I'm going to keep it so for real. The second time around is even better. When you, like, know what's coming and you're just paying attention to, like, you know, the details and you know what's coming. Oh, man. It was an amazing experience. Lizzie hit us up earlier this week and kind of pointed to our attention that some people had made comments on our iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our iTunes podcast. So shout out to the to the four people that reviewed the podcast. I mean, I laugh, but we're only like a month and a half deep. So that's, you know, that's really not bad. And thank I you mean, for your ratings and your feedback. We appreciate it. It hasn't gone unnoticed. Yeah. Some guy, I, um, some guy made a, um, I don't want to just say some guy and dismiss it like that, but somebody made a comment on our SoundCloud last night. Did you get a chance to read that? No, Lizzie? I haven't read it yet, but I'll look at it. It's pretty in- yeah, it was very pro Leasy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why. As we, oh, apparently you, I've been a. Leasy get all the good You're like comments, a fan favorite. Uh, no, like. <laughs> have a woke yeah. a woke black girl club of uh oh, of sister friends clubs. out there so oh, hey y'all hey girl hey that's dope introduce us to your woke friends y'all are no why we can't be part of the woke conversation stop being creepy that's um, that's not i didn't know that was creepy the way you said it was a little creepy oh dude that's fucking you did crazy. you like you lowered your voice it got real batman you turned it yeah, you started you like can i can i talk to, <laughs> talk to your woke friends <laughs> you should do it in vain because that's yeah. so much funnier oh i talked to your woke friends we, we're not gonna talk about our pain <laughs> impression <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the pain impression we know about our yeah. Corey. we'll talk Cheesy about is like a master impressionist Oh, I'm wow. so not. I got Bill <laughs> no, Cosby it's down. It's very, back. very funny to watch you do impressions badly. Impressions, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're, no, but I do them good though. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Who's that? Who's that? Who's Yippie Kaye, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nuts. Um, <laughs> if, if, if that's if, what should be a segment, I think we should close every episode with you doing a horrible impression. Horrible yeah. impression. Yeah. yeah, I get all the fans for that. So anyway, man, um, yeah, so shout out to the, our iTunes commenters, and we'd love to read more of you guys, so please keep keep commenting on uh, and reviewing us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, you know, Google Play, wherever you guys see Kind of Movie Critics. So um, the uh, co- topic of conversation today is uh, M. Night Shyamalan slash... Shyamalan. 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 That's racist. No disrespect. We didn't mean any inappropriateness by it, but I guess you're right. So, um, yeah, in Split, you know, the the movie starring James McAvoy where he has 23 split personalities, I guess. It is about uh, a guy who's been diagnosed with 23 personalities living inside his brain. Um, He kidnaps three young girls. Very early, you see this in the trailers. Very early in the movie, and it's about their their story about they were kidnapped and what unfolds throughout the two hours of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and um, I gotta say, man, this is this one shocked me. I didn't I didn't think M Night had this in him. This was to me was a totally different tone from the films that like I'm used to seeing from M Night. Like he's kind of he's kind of entering this darker space, you know, with the visit. And then here, I feel like he's entering this darker space of like filmmaking. The film was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I'm, I think you mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. Like, I, I kind of am done. Like, I don't really like his films anymore. And this, I can't say I didn't like the film. I didn't really love it. But it, the, uh, the his past like four or five movies, I've walked out and been like, yeah, that was a piece of 
dumpster juice. Right. Like, so this one didn't make me feel that same dumpster juicy kind of feel. <laughs> dumpster juicy. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's worthy of some discussion. Right. You know. Um, I liked it. I, I really liked James McAvoy's performance. Um, I like, I like, I actually like, a lot of people kind of hated, like, it got a little bit of backlash after a while, but I like the twist at the end. Um, and I think, I think it's a return to form, I guess. I guess, I, I like him, I like him working into like that $10 million to $20 million in under range where he really gets to like, it feels like it's, it's better for him. Like it gives him like a more creative space to like work with what he has. So you like M. Night on a leash basically. Yeah, exactly. Like don't give him no, don't give him Avatar. Like, yeah. Bro, I'm still mad. I'm still yeah. mad. That's disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I kind of feel the same way as Martin. I really like the movie. I didn't, so I've fallen like out of like with M. Night Shyamalan. He's done some things and I'm just like, the fuck? And the visit didn't really redeem him for that for me. But um, I was still excited to see this one, even though Treasy was talking cash shit. Uh, we going to get into why I was talking cash shit. I mean, shit. that's fair, but I, I just, James McAvoy is such a beast right. that I could not imagine that he had attached himself to some fuckery. So Agreed. when I saw that he was going to be in it and I saw what it was about, I was like, oh, he's going to kill this, so it should be good. And also, like Martin, I'm not mad at what the twist was, but I was super mad at how he executed it. I I, was, I'm actually with you, which I'll I'll talk about that. Yeah, we've got a segment specifically it, for that, so yeah. let's not even go into that yet. Well, um, I really enjoyed the film, too. At the very end, the very last twist, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> Why do that? Um, but, um, again, James McAvoy's performance, I, I really enjoyed that um, as well. I thought he showed great range. And I really liked the, um, just the, uh, the subject matter, the, the idea. Um, I um, actually wrote a short uh, about a person with split personality mm. disorder. And it was interesting kind of seeing just kind of some of that psychology kind of play out just mm. in the movie. Mm. Okay, very interesting. Well, so, all right. So I I said that I feel like that this film sort of is a lot, it's a little darker. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more visceral, I think. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit more, I felt like I was in, I didn't feel like I was in this sort of tamed universe mm-hmm. created by M. Night mm-hmm. when I watched this. Um, and that's what was different to me about this film, is that I felt like it was, it was completely out of, his box in mm-hmm. terms of atmosphere. What made this film different than any of his other films to you guys? I think what made it different was that I feel like a lot of times what M. Night Shyamalan does is he, uh, the mystery is kind of um, like a big part of his films. Like you don't know what the antagonizing force is or completely understand it. I feel like in this film, um, focusing on James James McAvoy's character, um, it was more of an exploration into that um that antagonizing force which i feel like we don't usually see mm. as much um in his other films i'm gonna jump Good point. not necessarily mm-hmm. the antagonist but mm-hmm. my what was different to me was real acting mm-hmm. like james mcavoy did a great job right he he acted his ass off and i haven't seen that in an m night film mm-hmm. in my i haven't seen that in any m night film i've seen decent acting you know i mean like uh, you didn't Wallace. think Haley joel osment was good in the first one he was i good. mean six in six cents that's was, not the first one but yeah i mean he was good but i mean I don't know. I put in that category like he did his job. Kinda. I thought Donnie Wahlberg was good in that one too. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I forgot about. I didn't him. even realize that was him. Yeah, like, he lost yeah. so much weight for that role, right? I also didn't realize it was him in what's the other one, Dreamcatcher, because he lost a bunch of weight for that one too. Right, but right. I don't know. I just it, it, it's James McAvoy. He had to do so much, you know, and and it just to me it he did what that role required, and I, I you know I don't. I'm not gonna say anybody couldn't have done that, but he executed it well. I think there are very few actors that could have done that well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I love the not the, but I, I love the ending. I, I'm not gonna jump 100 percent the ending, but like when I guess he he reverts back to whoever is the original person, mm-hmm. um, in regards to the shotgun. Oh yeah. See, to me, that was one of the one of the better moments in the film. Yeah. Like he's like, I guess he's the guy that. Who originally is the the person? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah he's the, the, the the original James McAvoy. Yeah. yeah, like and uh, that to me that was a great scene. He was like, "Kill me, yeah. like please kill me now." Right, like because he he realizes this is this is some bullshit. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a problem. So, yeah, and he knows it. So yeah, which it, and that to me is just I mean it was such a shift in dynamics. I mean, it was a great great scene. Right. So 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 but. Did did this feel to you any different than an M Night? You said because of the acting, Corey, yeah, it, it felt didn't. different. 
Yeah, I mean, because to me, he never has a problem getting good actors in his films. I guess if I were to piggyback off of it, like Split kind of seemed like an alley hoop where he really threw it up for like an actor to just come in and like smash it. Right. The pieces of what I can't really think of another film where he kind of wrote something for like an actor, like of James McAvoy's like talents and range. And stuff right. To just really get to play in that type of movie or have that much like screen time, have that much to do. I think yeah, I'm, I think all his other movies like the actors did their job. Yeah, mm. like they're they're there and they they do a good job and they, and they move on. Mm. Really, so, okay, got any input on that, Lizzie? What made the movie different? Yeah, I think the tonality of the film was different. I think that it was meant to be a thriller in a way that most of his other movies are meant to be a mystery. I'd say with the exception of um, The Happening, I guess that one was meant to be a thriller also. Right. But it was like a thriller mystery. This one didn't feel as mysterious. I feel like you you knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. You didn't necessarily know what it was going to look like, but you knew where the story was going. Right. So I guess that made it different for me. Okay. I was really ex- excited um, as the story was unfolding because it does have some mysterious elements about it, but I feel like uh, the suspenseful scenes that he executed them really well, which in the past they've kind of been flat for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can totally agree. Um, we So we all talked about it. I mean, James McAvoy's performance, man. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, it blew me away. But I, I'm, I'm with you, Lizzie. Like, I never, I don't count. Whenever James McAvoy signs on to do something, I'm assuming it's going to be, at least his portion, his contribution to it is going to be A+. plus. So I've seen him in a movie where he played a character that had uh, multiple personalities before. Um, Which role was that? Filth. It's not an American oh, movie. Yeah. I never saw Filth. Yeah. yeah, Filth is pretty good. Uh, the premise of the story is that he's a police detective and there's a promotion available and he's trying to secure the promotion and so he tries to savage everybody else in his department who's up for the promotion. <clears throat> well, he's trying um, to secure the bag. Mm-hmm, but the, <laughs> please stop using that phrase. If, if you're out there listening, don't use that phrase. It's been overused and I'm tired of it already. Anyway. Boy, so, Captain, what's up with this? It's hella just corny. Like, today. That's what, oh, that's the thing you to should, say now. I'm sure DJ Khaled don't fuck with you right now he doesn't know i exist it doesn't matter anyway um, this is true yeah you made me forget my train of thought okay no but filth is like filth has a big reveal at the end but he's really good in that movie unless i mean if you can make out what people are saying with scottish accents it's very very funny (laughs) it's very funny and campy and it's right up my alley Mm. it can't be worse than the uh than trying to understand the parkies and uh and snatch it's on par yeah what the fuck I want to carry man? It's got no fucking wheels for. <laughs> that was a pretty good impression, right? That was, was decent. Was it decent? For that one, yeah. but it's like it's more like, like Scrooge McDuck than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I'm trying out here. No, 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 no. I'm saying it, the yours was on point. Oh, I'm okay. saying um, in the in filth there, yeah. If you can understand him in Last King of Scotland, you'll be fine with Phil. Oh yeah, oh, that was that wasn't too hard. Yeah, but everybody in the movie is talking with that accent now. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Subtitle. <laughs> sub, well, I've learned that. I've turned the subtitles on, too, what? and they're speaking English. And I, Martin, I don't think I've ever given you just credit for this, because you were the first person that I've ever met that watched sub, movies with subtitles, even though, like, the, the movie was clearly audible. Um, and And at first, I used to wonder why you did that. Now I do that. And I'm, I kind of get fucked up when, like, there's I no can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like when I'm not able to do that, because it was, for me, it shifted because, you know, my daughter and she likes it. She just doesn't give a fuck about a movie being on and mm-hmm. she wants to talk to you and she wants to do whatever she wants to do. So it's like, I have to read the movie now in order to really get everything because I'm dealing with the outside elements. You're a dad and shit. Guess, yeah, yeah, I'm a dad and shit. I guess I did that. Cause like my cousin has like a big screen TV, but it's like, 10 kids in that house. Right. So if I really I want to watch a movie and I want to be able to understand what's going on. You got to read that bitch. I put subtitles on it, yep. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it. I'd wait till the time was right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? No, I wasn't weird or anything. <laughs> wait till the time is right. That was, that was some weird shit. Um, so we, we kept talking about the ending of this particular M. Night movie. All right. How does the ending of Split uh, sort of contribute to the to the uh, to the M Night legacy. We all know everybody knows M, everybody watches M Night movies, and I feel like this is kind of like what I'm starting to realize is little things that have been cluing into his brand being kind of silly to me. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Like I feel like when the general public knows that like an M Night movie 
or a specific movie director, you know, if they're coming to the film to see like the gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, and the general public can point it out, I kind of feel like that's a problem. Like it's a prop. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prop. And and I never really started looking at that until this film. That like how how opportunistic almost in a sense he is. I'm less mad at it in this film than like every other film. Yeah. I'm it's less it's gimmicky, but in a completely different way. It's not it wasn't what I expected, but he telegraphed it. I was so mad. Yeah. Okay. It was cheap, in my opinion. It was super cheap. Well, okay, so I'm not I, mad at what it was though, but I'm not mad at what saying. it was. It uh, how it was done was cheap. Well, and not only that, so like the first time I confession, I had to watch the movie twice because the first time I, we've established that I have really shitty sleep patterns, but I fell asleep like halfway through. I was like dozing, but in the final scene, I knew what was going to happen because this fucker used the score from Unbreakable. Unbreakable. So as soon as the music started, I was like. Yeah. Oh, this is un- what does this have to do with Unbreakable? I knew they were in Philly based on other clues, you know, in the movie. So I was like, oh, they're in Philly again, like in the sixth sense and like an Unbreakable. And every other. Yeah, pretty much all his movies are in and around Philly. Except for After Earth. Um, yeah, no, well. um, The Village isn't in Philly. No, it's and, around Philly. I know. Around. And Lady in the Water is not in Philly either. Okay. Um, but everything else. <clears throat> so. <laughs> I mean, we didn't say all of them. We said most of them. A lot of them, yeah. But, Philly. but the movie was in Philly. I was like, oh, this, M. Night Shyamalan's in Philly. He likes to do Philly. But then when the music started playing, I said out loud, I was like, this is fucking music from Unbreakable. Yeah. And then I just didn't like it. I felt like it could have been more subtle than that. I felt like if the music wasn't there and I didn't like how they were like, who was that guy who did all that stuff and they gave him a weird name? I was just like, this is the line that you fucking wrote. I felt like they could have done the same thing. Like, I mean, I guess this isn't a thing anymore, but you know, like in the eighties, you're standing outside of the television store and the television's playing and people are watching the television as they walk by. They could have played the news and just had David Dunn turn around. It would have been fine. <laughs> right. it would, it would, to me, that would have worked better right. than what they actually did. Cause I was just like, Oh, he's going to pop up at some point. Like it was mm. just fucking cheesy, but I wasn't mad at what the twist was that it's, um, you know, it's a it's an origin story for a villain in an unbreakable sequel. Man, listen. If we, so, okay, well, first in this conversation, it sounded like we when we talked about the twist, there were two perceptions of different twists. There's the unbreakable reveal, and then Corey, were you kind of making mention to like another twist in the film? Oh well, I didn't. I actually really like the film until the the unbreakable shit. No, no, no. Actually, oh. before that, okay, I didn't like the whole. Because she was broken, right. that he didn't kill her. So I actually, well, I, 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 I actually that. thought that was kind of lame. No, I was like, here, you okay, gotta, you got to see, you got to see the big picture though. So you know that a lot of times superheroes have alliterative names. So you have Peter Parker, you have Bruce Banner. Her name is Casey Cook. She's yeah. a superhero too. So that and David Dunn. So yeah, she, yeah. that's what that is. She's going to be in the next one too, and what she'll have some fucking mm. superpower too. Right. I, I guess just, her superpower is that she be shooting niggas. It was, <laughs> literally, I'm gonna tell you this: if that didn't happen. Like, I was on track to being like, this is one of his best films. And and for some reason, I just, even even when he's pulling the bars apart, I thought that was really intense. I thought it was really good. And spitting blood and like it, he bit his tongue. Yeah, and like, <laughs> honestly, I just thought it was lame. I, I don't know why, but that whole, you're broken too, I'm just going to leave you alone and run away. I, I didn't like that. I thought it was lame. And then on top of that, the, the unbreakable thing well, was cheap. And- see, for me, like, honestly, this was, it was so close to being on the way to my favorite M. Night film until the Unbreakable shit. I didn't have a problem with the whole You Were Broken too. You know, yeah. I, I kind of felt like, you know, I, I didn't even look at that like a twist, to be honest. I just looked well, at it I, like I, a... I just use it as, I guess it's it's the ending. That's yeah. Perfect. I mean, because well, we were seeing I, this yeah, parallel look story. look at it like a twist either. Yeah. And I think that, that that was the point, that he would not prey on people like him. Yeah, exactly. He, he wouldn't kick yeah. somebody when they were down. That He's not necessarily evil, but it's just saying that we are the people in the world who have the purest hearts, right. the people who are broken, and the other people who are not broken. Um, it's you know. too spoon-fed to me. Like, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I just was like, okay, like, <laughs> I've waited two hours for this. For I waited... That. You, you ate her two friends, like you, you right. chased her underground, you, she shot you twice, and you just walk away. Right. I, I, it wasn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. But I was telling, I texted him last night about what I think they should have done for the reveal, if I can explain that. Please mm-hmm. do. Please do. I would have said the opposite. I would have gone the distance with the reveal. Like, I imagined, like, say that the, there's the scene where he's pulling the bars apart. Mm-hmm. I would have done, like, all of a sudden, 
he falls down and you see like a a shadowy figure and him and, and start fighting right and then you know basically uh, you'd had david come save her i would have had david come save her because and that would have been mm -hmm. a stronger reveal to me right. i would have been like because the way you edited it would have been like who's that Right. You know, Unbreakable came out 15 years ago. I may have forgotten about that. Mm -hmm. You know what? And I would have had him bump into David and touch him earlier exactly. in the movie. Exactly. What I would have had done is once once David, you know, either, you know, uh, James McAvoy's character could have lived, but he chased him off. And then he pulls the hood back and you see David Dunn. Mm -hmm. And then there's a flashback to when he was in the train station earlier. And or and he, well, you know, or if he was walking somewhere and bumped into him. Yeah. yeah and, he... and then David Dunn saved the day. And, you know, that to me would have been like, Shit. That actually would have been way better. Yeah. And then now you're better. now I think to me it didn't feel like an add-on. Yeah. It's a part of the story. Because to me the thing in the diner was just an add-on. It was fucking it was cheap. It cheapened the entire yeah. experience for me. And I'm sitting here looking at it like, listen, let's just be real. The last thing I want to see is an M night fucking uh a sequel to a a movie that was had the period on the end of it. Number one, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to see. I don't know a... that it had the period on the end of it because we know that David lived on and he has his talent. He's going to continue to touch people and be a superhero. And I, I honestly like, even though that movie was very slow, the concept of Unbreakable is very much like genius. Yeah, it's yeah. a real. Unbreakable it was, it was my dope. favorite. My favorite in that. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, but I'm talking about like the whole like epilogue where it was like you know. Um, Mr. Glass was basically committed, you know, to a, a silent. Like the movie wrapped itself up. You understand what I'm they saying? Did the freeze like, frame too at the end. Yeah, like it wrapped <laughs> itself up. That the last thing I want to see is M Night handling a fucking another superhero movie in this day and age where we have the Marvel universe. You understand what I'm saying? But it's because it's not part of them. It's his superhero. Yeah, movie. it's his well, right. He, he, right. Think I mean, about it. Well, super, think about what you just said for a yeah, second. Yeah, but his superhero movie didn't suck. It was it was good. No, it, well, that's that's when he still had integrity. <laughs> so that's when he still had integrity he knew when to fucking stop see now now this is my problem with M. Night he has gone for me I used to regard him as an artist and I, I think that's why I was holding on for so long because I looked at what he did with Sixth Sense and you know Sixth Sense came out with the DVDs and these DVDs have these menu commentaries and all this stuff and he was talking about the use of red and he just had a lot of like film theory in fucking Sixth Sense so my my interpretation of M. Night was that he was an artist with integrity. Putting that ending in the end of fucking Split, now he is an opportunist to me. He is exactly like what Hollywood is. It's like they're looking for the next big buck. You know, they they can't be original. They, they, they fucking suck. So they're just looking for the sure guaranteed, you know, money. And I feel like you're stepping into Marvel territory. You know, that's how I mean. First of all, look at how it was revealed. It was revealed after the movie went off, kind of like as a credit add-on. Now, if he would have put it at the end of the credits, nobody knows M Night for the last scene at the end of but the credits. But we know we need to set our asses it, down for Marvel, right? See, that's Marvel's little that's Marvel's little niche or whatever the case may be. So I feel like M Night was pretty much. I, I I feel like that was a direct. That was a direct fucking what do you want to call that? That was that was a that was a bite, dog. Like uh -huh. th if this was hip hop. Okay, was that was a fucking bite, But I, I like that it was an origin story from the next villain, and I actually do want to see what he does. So you want to see you want to see Expendables Bruce Willis, sixty five year old Bruce Willis. No, I want to see sixty five year old David Dunn, and I want to see how he makes that happen. I want to see what happens. I have I'm no kinda, faith. In I'm kind of with yeah. I'm with him. Like I don't. It's it's a nice. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I want to see what I, he does. I just think it's it's not necessary. Le Leasy, I have my crystal ball. I'm going to tell you how he does. He fucks it up. <laughs> That's what my crystal ball is saying. He's going to fuck it up. Period. And he he's going to make you hate Unbreakable. That's what it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. It's going to make me hate Unbreakable. I mean, it's going to make you look at it like, yo, why didn't you fucking stop here? You understand what I I'm saying? I can see that it happening. Possibly. I just want to see where it goes. It's like you, it, it just felt forced. It feels like you you were like, oh, what can I do next? Oh, I should do this, and 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 then it's it's not authentic anymore. It's, it, not. it's a forced thing. Yeah, I feel like he's a director who just he maybe there's a lot of pressure for him to end his films in a very fantastic way. I was gonna yeah. raise that mm -hmm. question: mm -hmm. Is did he, you know when he did Six Sense? Mm -hmm. Did he say to himself, "This is gonna be my thing," or he just wrote Six Sense like, oh, they'll really love this ending, and then mm -hmm. after that, they were like. 
you got to do that again. Duh. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's not his fault. Like, no. Now no. it's the pressure. Now nope. it's the pressure of like. Nope. Nobody's I'm making him continue to do because, that though. No, M. Knight has a brain of his own. Who was, who was telling me that he went against the studio? He went against Lady Disney for Lady yeah. in the Water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He clearly has a brain of his own. Yeah. But there's no twist in the end of that movie. Yeah, there's not. But but there's a culmination. There's like. But it was also down the line. Like. Yeah. I, I could imagine there was pressure to make sure Unbreakable had a twist to it. Because Unbreakable was after it. Uh, uh, yeah, six, I can see that, but I can also see that as a story that he already had in development. Okay. And he was like, you know, in this kind of. There's no real twist in signs either. Like, it, I guess it's supposed to be a twist, but it's not a real twist. Well, I mean, it, that everything's sort of like. It, it, okay, so it's kind of like the same thing with Lady in the Water. It's like everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that you've been seeing, they make sense. This is how it came to There's an aha moment, yeah. but there's not really a twist. There's not really a twist. But it's still the same. It's still like, they're still siblings. You understand what I'm saying? A mm-hmm. twist and like a, a sum of all things. It's still kind of like a... To me, it's the, the way he presents it. It's the, because it's like, because there's an element of why am I seeing this? What's about to happen? And then there's the reveal of why it happens. And And I don't feel like it happens like that organically in all films. I don't feel like it's organic in his now. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's trite. I, I did read yeah. IMDb and apparently there are quite a few references in Split to Unbreakable, Unbreakable before the reveal. But right. the movie's 15 years old. Yeah. I, I, nobody got it. Right. So, I definitely did. Uh, yeah, I missed them. <laughs> There's, uh, apparently uh, uh, McAvoy's father got on the train uh Got on the train that you know ultimately crashes. Oh, There's so his a... father died on the train when David yeah, lived. I'm yeah. curious if his father was the guy yeah, that maybe. died at the beginning. Maybe, I don't know. Now I got to go back and watch. And then there was a, a reference saying that there's a in Unbreakable there you can see apparently in Unbreakable David Dunn touches a mom and there's a flashback of child abuse and that's the child. Oh, from Split. oh but it's 15 God. years ago. But like, the kid, you know it's not the same much. kid. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, well, way too far but, I mean, much. 15 years ago, that lines up with the aging of James McAvoy's character. So, I mean, but yeah, it's 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 not strong enough yeah. to me. You know, it's like, how am I supposed to remember that? That's, so that's, that's called desperation in my book. Or you could have edited it differently and shown us these things and made it circle back somehow. I don't know. I just wish David Dunn had saved the day. Like if he had, that would have just made my. Day. I, honestly, I would have bought that story way better. Yeah. I mean, I still would have been like, "What the fuck? Why?" I would have wanted it? him to get away so there could be still a sequel. get away. But David Dunn rescues her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's the superhero. That's what superheroes do. I wish know? to God, man. I wish to God that I was somebody that was in his little like circle of people that tell him no, don't fucking do that. Because apparently mm-hmm. nobody does. But like, I wish I was part of those phone calls of like, "Hey, what do you think about this edit?" And I would have saw this shit at the end. I would have literally said to him, "Dog." If you do not show this fucking unbreakable shit, you're gonna have probably your best film. Because I, I I truly feel like, from a cinematography standpoint, from an acting standpoint, from the presentation of a story standpoint, from the atmospherical standpoint, from the tone, from so many from so many vantage points, he had his best film in his hand like this like and Simba. fucking dropped it mm-hmm. and fucking dropped it, holding the trophy up. He's like, he went up for a dunk, came down and tore his ACL, bro. <laughs> like the game-winning dunk and tore his fucking ACL. Speaking of cinematography, during the movie, I was watching it and I noticed a few, uh, I felt like at the time there were references to It Follows. There were a lot of like, kind of like 360, not 360s, uh, but like kind of long pans. It was the same DP, wasn't it? Yeah, same DP. Yeah, same which DP. Which I thought was DP. really interesting. Because during the movie, I admit, I, I feel so, I should say, apologize because I was kind of like, you fucking biter. You right. stole that from it following in if I was the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the shot that really stood out to me was when um and they used it a few times in the uh you know the, the I guess it was the basement with the pipes and stuff and they and oh. and then just that whole tracking shot yeah. with the pipes. I was like, dog, this is not this is so night this is so not M night. Like the feel of this mm. is so not M night. I like right the way here. he framed a lot of the conversations between the psychiatrist and uh James McElroy. Those were the, some of the most creepy parts they're very of the creepy. movie. They're, the way they're composed, they're very close up, and they they're really accentuate all the facial movements that people do, and especially with him changing his facial movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was very creepy, mm-hmm. and it was it did a very good job of being uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. So. Another shot I really liked was the uh, shot with the mirror, and he's kind of like going through the different characters. Yeah, going back and forth. Yeah. 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 
Mm-hmm. So many great points about this film. Um, man, you just hate the ending, huh? You just hate the. Ending. I just, I, hate, I really do hate the. So you're really ending. not looking forward to a sequel, then? No, are no. you though, Martin? I kind of am. I am too. <laughs> I really want to see Mr. Glass again. That's like one of my favorite oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Isn't characters. he in an insane asylum, dog? Yeah, but people I mean, get like, out of like, okay, in okay his like knees, Batman, bro. like people go, people go to Arkham Asylum like all the time and they get right out. I, yeah, think I never that's, understood that's, how the joke. This nigga's Joker name is Mr. Glass, bro. Like he's how menacing can you be? You're Mr. Glass. I mean, I mean, the nigga was a bad motherfucker in the was, first movie, yeah. though. Like. Yeah, well, that's before we knew that he was control. Like, it's because he was cerebral. Now you know his fucking game. He's in a mental asylum. You can't play no fucking games in a mental How asylum. How come you can't? How? How, bro? Because what are you his gonna thing do? is mind-fucking people. You can't mind-fuck people in a mental asylum? No, he didn't mind-fuck people to that degree. Like, he wasn't that smooth with the mind-fuckery. He mind-fucked people as in, yeah, oh, I, flat, I flattened your tires, but you're not going to know it's me. You know, that. <laughs> he was like a very, like, he was just fucking like a petty, like a, I don't know, man, let me not go there. He's man, a but, sociopath. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, you know, he wasn't like a smooth, he wasn't like a pimp mind fucker. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. Oh, God. It was some other obsession shit. with pimps. I have an obsession <laughs> with pimps. I, we, I know. I just, I just, it's not necessary. I'm, I'm worried that it's going to ruin Unbreakable for me. It, some it, it movies will. just need to be one. Y'all some pessimistic ass motherfuckers. No. God damn. We're talking about M. Night. Comes out you're next. banging on the table. Yeah, because we're talking about M. You're acting like we're talking about fucking Denny Villanueva or fucking Spielberg or somebody with like a real track record of being like having integrity and knowing how to handle. Except for Indiana Jones. Okay. And knowing how to handle <laughs> subject matter. You're talking about M. Night. He's, it's, it's, I, it's I, no I point. Know. I don't know what Martin's feelings are in terms of like him being like interested in it. But for me, I just, I want to see where the story's going to go. And if the story ends up sucking, that's my fault. I should have broke up with this nigga a long time ago, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to be mad. You fool me twice. Shame on me. Well, I oh, think I like twice. That's it. I think <laughs> since, since James McAvoy's character was originally supposed to be an unbreakable, like way back when he wrote it. I think he kind of has a plan. Like, I don't think it's just like, oh, this made a lot of money. I should make a sequel type of thing. Like, you feel like it was meant to be a trilogy. Like, it's a companion piece, and now we're getting more of the story. Well, I think at the very least, he kind of wrote like a lot more about both all these characters to maybe like bring them together or something like that. So, okay, let's go with your theory. Let's go with your theory that he had a plan. He's gone in a dickhead mode. Oh no, for sure. He made the face, and he made the face for sure. It did the hand thing because. What what was the plan of writing? How many shitty movies in between? <laughs> no, no, no. How many shitty movies years in between? Fifteen years went by. Umpteenth shitty ass movies went went in between this. What was the plan, Martin? Well, he was a no sequ- he was a no sequel guy for a long time. Like he was very much like, I'm not, not on purpose because I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be two more sequels after the last Air Picture. Yeah. <laughs> you, you let me tell you a filmmaker that has a plan. Richard Linklater. When no. you say that I'm going to take thirteen years to shoot a movie about a boy going from being seven years old to age 19. That's a fucking plan. That's a real plan, okay? I didn't like that movie as much as I wanted to. But but you got to love the spirit that no, somebody took 13 years. That's a plan, Martin. Yeah. What M. Night did was he looked back at his career, had a couple of conversations with some people that are his real friends, and said, I need to redeem myself. And how do I redeem myself? Like, what is the best way for? Uh, to me, there was no plan. So in you're that. saying there's no genius there? No, that's my. That's why I'm. That's why. Listen, it's not I want authentic. You, it's not authentic, and I want you guys to know that I never started off as somebody who hated M Night, and I don't hate him now. But I'm just officially done with that motherfucker. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I really had a lot of respect for him in the late '90s and the early 2000s, and now he's just time and time again proven that he is. He he's a poor executionist. He's a poor executionist. At some point in this movie, he's going to drop the fucking ball really bad to the point where the rest of his film is going to be no good. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, so I you know, I just don't trust him. I just don't trust him with. I, I can't waste any more time watching M Night movies, and that's just that's just where I'm at with it. Like I'm I'm officially off the board with him. If it comes on TNT and I still have cable, maybe I'll watch an M Night movie. And turn before the fucking you know commercial break or whatever the case may be. But I, I can't. I, I I'm not. I'm not going to get excited about any more of his films. 
Um, I'm going to have to get a recommendation from at least 10 people that I really, really trust before I even attempt to watch one of his films. Like, there's a lot of caveats that have to happen for me to actually watch another M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, that's legitimately how I feel, and I'm not joking. Every trivia I read of his movies, it always says the actor really wanted to work with M. Night. And I'm like, well, based on what movie? Like, what movie made you want to work with him? Like, he, it looks like a train wreck. All, his whole career to me has just been completely downhill the entire time. He's still skating off six cents, man. I don't get it. He's mind fucking us. He scraped the fucking. He has scraped the tea, the little teacup on us all with six cents. Yeah, he has scraped the fucking teacup on us and all. Listen, dog. And, and six cents is old. The movie's almost twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing nobody else share, but but Corey shares my my sentiment. Well, I'm not jumping off the M Night train, but I mean, well, why do you stay on it? Um, I mean, I haven't really seen any of his bad movies. Like, so you uh, haven't seen... I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? So you stopped watching after Unbreakable. Six, like, yeah. No, no, no. Just, like, I haven't seen, like, uh, the Avatar, Last Airbender. That's the only one of his movies I haven't... Except that one romantic comedy that before The Sixth Sense that was listed on IMDb, which I've never heard of. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Wide Awake. Wide Awake, yeah, I think it was Rosie O'Donnell's in it. Yeah. She plays a nun. Interesting. Bad. Yeah, Avatar is like the only one casting. I haven't seen. And then I wanted to see the visit, but you didn't say good things about it. Dog, it's worth watching, but it's mm. not. It's not great. No, there, yeah. I, okay, so it's I didn't not. like the little white kid rapping. The little white kid rapping, exactly, made me want to punch him in the head. Mm. Was... I, I didn't know why it was happening. Mm-hmm. I know, felt I felt like the story could have gone on, and we didn't need to know that that little boy, white boy, was rapping too. I'm assuming that was a little white kid. James McAvoy's Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at Hedwig rapping because yeah. he was like, I'm a Kanye West fan. Right. And Hedwig rapping was actually like him rapping along to songs. But right. I didn't... This Yeah, this kid was, was like writing bars. But, and then he, <laughs> yes. he like did it several times in the movie and it yeah. was just like, okay, we get it. The kid claps on the one and three. Like, stop. Dog, he ended the film with this kid freestyling. Think about that for a second. I don't second. know if this kid freestyles in real life and they decided to incorporate it into the movie. I don't know. but Well, well I'm just you're being literal. I'm not. I, we ended the movie with this fucking with this child shitty rapping. shit. Mm. Yeah. Think about that for a minute, though. Like, really think about it. Like, he felt like that that was such such an important like he ended his film with a kid rapping. He was ass. Dog, I don't and trust to, the filmmaker like this. I, I don't want to see him in his movies ever again. I don't oh, like yeah. he, him as an actor is really it, awful and it cheapens his films it cheapens his brand it's gimmicky I, it, it's gimmicky mm-hmm. like, it's, I, listen that's his brand Jesse. Mm-hmm. he's on brand mm-hmm. when he does gimmicky shit mm-hmm. that's on brand for him mm-hmm. every time a director's in their movies I, it, it's weird it never works now I understand why you hate Spike Lee um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, it just I don't know like he's he plays the same stupid character usually and it, it's it's random as shit uh, what what did he do in this one? He was on the computer. Yeah, he was yeah, talking about Chinese food or yeah. something. He's not a good actor. Uh, hire someone else. Was Stop he, taking was he that in opportunity. Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's the doctor. He, no, in Unbreakable, you remember he was one of the guys that was trying to get into the um, into the stadium. Yeah. I wonder if he's the same person in both movies since it's the same universe. Ooh. Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? That is the most interesting point. That that you know what? If I he was, was to watch to a sequel, drugs, right? Yeah, he was trying to sell drugs. You, Leezy, Leezy, you might have just convinced me to maybe want to see a sequel just to see what wanna, the, if they well, t- I'm thinking just to about, see if just to see if he really had a plan, Martin. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking about what Martin said, like hoping and wishing that Martin's right, like that, that he had a plan for these characters. So when you said that, um. That this character was supposed to be like in Unbreakable, that it was the kid that they show in the movie. Yeah. Are you saying that like you read that somewhere? Or I read it on you're drunk? I'm talking to Martin. Ooh. <laughs> but I referenced Ooh. it earlier. <laughs> I referenced it. So Holy I, shit! What just happened? Yeah. No, I'm saying I wasn't sure if if he read it somewhere outside of us having the conversation, or if he just read it on IMDb too. I think I did read that like that that kid was supposed to be uh, James McAvoy's character. I forgot where I read it though. But that that was always his plan, or well, it was always his plan that, like James McAvoy was like in Unbreakable. Um, I don't. I think he kind of wrote him out of the script later on, or something like that. But oh, that that character was going to be like a bigger part of that movie. Yeah. So or that's at least why you're saying like yeah. ah, yeah. okay. 
Well, I just tried to I tried to fact check him here. I tried to I just IMDb to see what his actor name was in both Split and um, Unbreakable, and he you know he covered his tracks a little bit. We're, okay, so in Split, his name was Jay, the Hooters lover, and in Unbreakable, his character's name Stadium Drug Dealer. So he's not all the way cut the fuck off in terms of like he didn't have a real plan. But my real suspicion is he didn't have a plan. My real suspicion, that's where my money is. At. I mean, I think he had 15 years to like work something out. Yeah. I mean, you can always develop story going forward. You can yeah. look at what you've done and be like, okay, how can I add on to this? And I feel like that was what my problem with this film was, is that it just seemed like it was just so added on. Like, okay, I want to join these two stories together, so let me just put this at the end, and then we'll figure it out later. And that's the sign of a shitty filmmaker. It kind of is. Like, that's a, it's sloppy. It kind of is. Yeah. I don't know. It's a sign of an opportunist filmmaker to me. I feel I feel so bad because we're really shitting on this guy, Corey. It, it's it's fine. That's what kind of movie critics, you know, sometimes someone gets shitted on. Yeah, that's true. Right, but I'm, I'm really shocked that Leezy's going to bat for him. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Who said I was going to bat for him? Like, that's not really what's happening here. Well, so explain to me what's really happening because maybe I'm confused. I just haven't, I haven't completely broken up with this nigga. Like, it's like. I'm still trying to see what's going to happen, but I'm not going to bat for him. I'm not saying like, oh, he's amazing. You guys are tripping. Like, you ain't see, I'm not dick riding over here. Like, let's be clear. I, just, right. I feel like he's the abusive husband that says it won't happen again. You <laughs> <laughs> said it wouldn't happen again. Uh, well, in, in the infamous words of Homer Simpson, it takes two to lie. One to lie, one to listen. Okay. Uh, I thought you would catch that, Corey. I, I did. Would, I, I mean, I don't I remember. I don't remember. I, I, we talk I, about McBain. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just yeah. didn't land. To it, get didn't over land it. it landed. It, somebody laughed. Somebody somewhere. Somebody. Not in this fucking room. I enjoyed yeah. the reference. Yeah, well, I appreciate you for backing me the fuck up. So anyway, man. But, um, well, for me, I, I'm ready. I, I'll def- I don't know if I'll defend it, but I'll, I'm kind of interested to see the sequel. But if he makes anything else, I'm like, nah, I'm good. So do you have any, okay, uh, that's fair enough. So you're just interested in the sequel. So do you have any, where would you like to see the sequel of the story, of this story go? Um, I definitely want to see Mr. Glass again, maybe out, maybe if, if he's not out, maybe in some type of like Hannibal Lecter type role where he has to go visit him in prison. I'm not mad at that. But okay, he's saying that. But I feel like if you saw the movie and you saw that, you'd be like, he's biting Hannibal Lecter. I, I would definitely say that. Okay. But I'm not mad. I, that's the best use of Mr. Glass, a man who you could fucking literally trip on the cement <laughs> and ruin his whole fucking life, okay? So, like, that's the best use of him is behind bars where he can't be touched and you can fucking talk to him but and what he can if do slimy what if it's Hannibal shit. Lecter... Not not Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter. What if it's like Manhunter Red Dragon Hannibal Lecter where he's literally manipulating the situation from behind the scenes and you don't know it? I like that. I like that. I don't think he has... Well, no, I th- he, he does have that much power. I mean, obviously he does. He's that smart. Yeah, that would be the best That would be the best use of his character, Mr. Glass, yeah. I, let's, let's be clear. I want to see Sam Jackson continue to work. So if this results no, in a, That's not going to stop anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, but, you know, if this results in an extra check in Sam Jackson's pocket, cool, I'm all for it. You know, but that, no, that does sound like the best use of a Mr. Glass character is, uh, yeah, is a puppet master. Hmm. Um, you know, so let's talk about Bruce Willis then. Like, what, what realistically is he going to be doing? I mean, he was, he was in Expendables for a reason. I don't know. Because he's old and like, washed I've, up. I liked, you know, what I liked about Unbreakable was that kind of, you're a superhero, but it's it's an untraditional way of showing that. And now, this was an interesting caveat that you could have done better, but a third movie is like going full superhero, Mm -hmm. and that to me is what I'm not interested in. Mm -hmm. It's like, now it's not special anymore. It's just, you might as well make signs too. I feel like he's going to die. You know what I mean? Like. Like he's gonna die. They're gonna kill David Dunn, and Casey's gonna be the hot shit. Whatever her fucking superpower is, besides That's, shooting people. I, I'm not interested in that. What what Unbreakable was so good at was like it's a superhero movie, but it's but not. It's, not. it's regular it's, life. It's regular life. Yeah. And this is now we're going full superhero. Right. And that's now it's not interesting to me. Right. Make signs two now, or make the revisit. You know what I mean? Like you might as well. You might as well make that deal. Like, signs yeah, two. Yeah, I'm not interested in all, any of that. Yeah, that's how I feel now. That's how I feel about the third. I'm like, I'm, I have no interest anymore. It, it's cheapened it for me. Right. I mean, I think if he did it, it wouldn't be like a straightforward like Marvel superhero sequel. I think yeah. he would go like a completely different angle. 
and then those characters will kind of be like side characters in a sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's something that would be refreshing to see. It's just normal superheroes, not full on Marvel style destroying planet. I know. Heroes, I know they're you know? not going to mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. but it's I, now how you feel about it. Now. I feel like you're going to go after the uncle too, and whatever they do. Um, Casey, oh, Casey's yeah, uncle. Yeah, yeah. Did Did you get a uh, molestation vibe when the whole take your clothes off? Well, that's exactly that's what, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I just want to make sure I was on the same page. <laughs> oh, this is. Yeah. And I'm it sorry, on when you asked me what you asked me about <laughs> um, triggers in the movie, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. What? About the the molestation scene. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what was happening. Yeah, he was molesting yeah, he was her, molesting and that's him. why she was cutting herself. Right. Okay, and, 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 and yeah. thus is why he didn't he didn't kill her because it was like you know you're yeah you're, you're, damaged. Damaged. Like you're damaged. It was weird seeing him because like when you the first scene where he's kind of like eating dinner with um his his niece and his uh, brother or whatever, I seen him in like Orange Is the New Black season four, which is probably one of my favorite seasons. Mm. He's kind of a dick in that season. And he kind of plays a dick in a lot of roles, so I'm like, hey, he's he's actually a good guy. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's role, showing yeah. some range. He doing. Right. <laughs> and then you see like the scene where he's like in the woods with his shirt off, bro. Like, oh, that was come weird. on, bro. That was weird. Why? Let's the, play. Let's play animals. What he say? Yeah. That shit was weird. Yeah. Wild animals. Cool. But, yeah, but I was. Yeah. I'm not gonna. It was weird. It didn't. Yeah. At first, I was like, is this molestation or is this just weird? Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No, and then, yeah. and then I don't know. The shotgun thing was a little out of place too what do you mean when she had the shotgun aim at her uncle because i didn't i didn't know up until the take your clothes off scene like i hadn't seen her be weird yet i didn't think she was weird she or uncomfortable weird like something that i think you're i think you got the feeling from the very first scene that there was something different about her that she was different because and the the other kids were treating her different so i think that they were trying to establish that and then I think you're just learning about her and her origin story through that. Um, when they talk about her running away from home, that's why she's running away from home. Yeah. I just, um, I think that because it was so secretive and it came out of nowhere in the way that, you know, you guys are describing him just, you're like, oh, why, why is he naked? I think that it was really a secret and nobody really, really knows. And that's why mm-hmm. she's living with him. So mm-hmm. all that makes sense to me. That made sense. It was the execution for me. It, it, the shotgun thing, I was like, okay, like, why are you doing that? Like, I, you haven't established what would cause you to do that, right. other than one scene, which I get it. That's a strong he was abu- scene. He was abusing. her. I know he yeah. was abusing her, but it, it's it's like you you showed a glimmer of abuse, it and then we jumped it, it we jumped to a shot. It wasn't. It's just the execution is. It shows his hiccups as a filmmaker, in my opinion. It's mm. it, he does that in his films. It's I feel like, like that's you looking at it from a filmmaker perspective, yeah, though, and yeah. as a consumer. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me. Yeah, it didn't bother me neither, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Like, I, I felt like in terms of characters and development, like, you know, just as much as we talked about James McAvoy being a really good, you know, uh, per, given great performance in this film, um, what, what's the actress name who played uh, who played Dunn? What was her name? Dora Dunn? Don't know her name off the top of my head, sorry. Um, I mean, I the, what was her... the character in the film? What was oh, her... Casey Cook. Casey Cook, yeah, 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 I'm sorry, yeah. The, um, Dora Dunn. Dora Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you totally laughs> sound like a boy. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, but, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Right. <laughs> you said what's her name? Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, yeah, she. A and Y A. I really liked the the subtleness of her character. You know, no, she's the, a good actress. Yeah, I've never. I, I, but you I've have to be to be to stand up next to McAvoy. Like they couldn't get a slouch. Um, you don't have to be. You could get a slouch, but you know. I mean, it would just be obvious it's a slouch, but, <laughs> um, but no, she, yeah, she definitely held her own. And, but the character, I felt like he, you know, the writing of that character, cause I really got invested in her backstory. Me too. You know, I, I, I felt cared like, about her. I was worried yeah, about her. I was, you know, and with you, it was kind of established that she was sort of like ostracized from the rest of the girls her age. And then when I saw she was kind of in this survivalist mode, you know, she goes hunting with her father and her uncle. Like that's not traditional little girl you know, th- you know, stuff, you know what I mean? Um, that you would engage. And so I started understanding that like 
she just has a different appreciation for life and mm. for priorities as everybody else. And then you know? to her ability, like her attention to detail mm-hmm. and observing people and her knowing that one of his personalities was a germaphobe and her telling the other girl to pee on herself, like he's going to freak out and not want to be near you if you have pee on you, exactly. which is something that they weren't even paying attention At to. At all. Yeah, but she, she definitely observed it and was like, okay, do what you got to do. Yeah. But, th- but that comes from hunting. You know, you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to, you have to be able to see where you're, you know, where the game is moving. You know, well, before I mean, it hits. But that, yeah, if you think about that. it from that perspective, that character was hunting James McAvoy's character the entire time. She mm-hmm. was looking for her opportunity to, to get out, to get to out, to expose the situation. Yeah, and she played the long game. Oh, very much. Yeah, she knew when the hole, when the fold, man. And 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 that's what I'm saying. Like he was just on the cusp of really having a classic film, man. So. Um, that's just my opinion about it. I'm 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 off the M Night train, you know. Well, I mean, it, I, I'm with you. I just uh, it, it just it fumbled in the end. You know. Anything else to talk about with Split here? No. If you haven't seen it, go see. It. Oh, I'm gonna tell you who's really winning out of the Split situation: Blumhouse, because they were behind that as well. Mm. Yeah. So Blumhouse, they're winning. Got, period. Yeah, right they're now. just winning right. And they now. did get out. They did get out. Oh. Yep, they did. They're kind of like they're kind of on the top of the horror game right now. The top of the horror chain. Yeah, horror movies that are not really horror movies. Mm-hmm. That one wasn't a horror movie either. It wasn't. Yeah. You have yeah. maybe like in terms of like gore in the movie, it's mm-hmm. a thriller, but like gore in the movies, maybe like what twenty seconds. Right. Yeah. I, I guess what I mean like the only problem I had with Split was really like some of the characters like make stupid de- stupid decisions. Like I like I like um, horror movies kind of like your next where it's like the characters are kind of smart. Mm. Even even you don't like Cabin in the Woods, but there's like a little bit more to the to the characters or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But these like when the woman she sees the girl or like the old the psychiatrist she comes down she knows something's wrong she doesn't immediately like leave and call the police. Mm-hmm. Or like the two girls who like what they try to do to get out. I'm just like you guys are making stupid decisions. But then I get it because why did the she end. go there by herself too? That yeah, was all like, weird. Yeah, but I, I mean, I get it now because it really wasn't about them. Like, the story wasn't about them. It was about, like, a super villain origin story. So mm-hmm. when you read it that way, it's like, okay, of course they're going to make stupid decisions because they're not really important. Right, they're not Anyway. Important. Right. Good point. Good point. So if you're off the train, what, what's what's your favorite film, then, of M. Night? Uh, it's it's Sixth Sense. Okay. Yeah, it's still Sixth Sense. This was a very, this again, this was a very close second okay. until, the, until the fumble at the end. But, yeah, Sixth Sense is... Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was the reveal I never saw coming. Because um, you didn't know you just needed to look for one. Yeah, I didn't know I needed to look for one. It was a great experience, man. I, I mean, I still I just, I just, still remember that feeling of like, holy shit, you know, back from 1999, you know. And yeah, that's that's that would be my favorite. And, you know, my worst, my, my least favorite would probably be Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie sucked. I've seen it. No. Okay, I, I I don't love that movie. I don't hate it nearly as much as everyone else hates it. Mm-hmm. I understand what he was trying to do. He just did a really shitty job with it. Okay. But I, I get it, but I don't know. I don't know why he did what he did the way he did it. I feel like... Don't the, you feel like that's the motif here? But no, I feel like the beauty of Lady in the Water was that the whole time you're not supposed to be able to tell if it's real or not, but it got to a point at the end where you realize it is real, but it drags on entirely too long. I just remember it sucking. I saw it once. <laughs> I remember I saw it once and was like, wow, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. I just remember when that kid was like decoding stuff off the cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. The one guy whose one arm was bigger than the other. Nobody, but, nobody's checking him, man. This is weird. He, he, he does what he wants. My, yeah. my least favorite is After Earth. I think After Earth is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. What was that weird accent Jaden Smith was doing? It was so strange. It's, it was to imply that you know the movie takes place like a thousand years from now. Is mm-hmm. that you know human dialogue will the dialect evolve, of dialect like... will evolve and will speak differently, which is probably true, but. Poorly executed. It, it was just stupid. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it reminded me of Cloud Atlas. You remember the end uh, when Tom Hanks and their their voices are just strange. Yeah. You say the true truth. 
I thought, was, yeah, like, uh, okay. I thought it was like Elysium, you know, like in Elysium where uh, Jodie Foster, she speaks like French or something like that because she's supposed to be elite or I guess the French kind of run stuff or something. I thought it was like British, like a new British empire had taken over and like they're the descendants or something like that. That's why they speak with that accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, no, it was bad. Mm-hmm. I had the whole, they didn't explain what anything. Uh, but that's based cons, on a book, isn't it? After Earth, I'm not sure. Cloud the, After Earth oh, or Cloud Atlas? After uh, Earth. The the concept, I mean... I, I Cloud mean, Atlas there, made sense. To me, there were, there <laughs> were like plot that. holes, like every animal has evolved to kill humans, but yet humans haven't been there for like a thousand years. Well, it makes um, sense that all the animals would evolve to kill humans because we're the real threat to the planet. Yeah, but, you know, it's stupid. I, I, it just, there are too many plot holes in that movie. The whole temperature change thing, like... I don't get it. Like they, there wasn't enough explanation of the. You mean the temperature change and from it dropping from like a normal day to yeah. a really that does that makes sense too. Global warming. I don't understand why this is difficult. I just for you. no. It's like it's it just doesn't make sense to be like worldwide. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't it? Um, I don't have the facts to like. But it's kind of happening right now. It's like eighty degrees. But in that the doesn't. Daytime, ha- and then but that doesn't happen worldwide. Like Will Smith said, this happens every day where you are right now like mm-hmm. the whole planet is like this and that's not necessarily true well that, that i would think that that would come to mean that like global warming has made the planet well, inha- uninhabitable for for i humans. would love to have known because they didn't explain anything that happened i mean planet. i watched the movie too and i kind of got that <laughs> I, I just it was i needed more Earth the, the no movie inhabitable. Yes. yeah the movie sucked so bad that i was like i'm looking for more answers like i'm like you guys really blew this <laughs> so you... it would have been nice to have that's one of the few times i actually kind of wanted some stuff spoon fed to me because okay. you sucked so bad at executing this movie that that was gonna be my question yeah. like i would you usually pick up on stuff yeah so for you to be like i didn't get it i'm kind of like huh? i was just confused i was just like ah this is this is stupid. Interesting. Like, so, do y'all think this is more Will and Jaden's fault or M. Night Shyamalan's fault as far as After Earth? I don't know. Yeah. I would be inclined to play M. Night. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, Will didn't suck. Jaden did, though. Jaden sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. Um, just by just by the, the just and by the, the, the no fear you know, thing. The, oh, I have no fear. Like I don't know. But no, I would I, say After Earth's the book, though I believe. And the concept just was lost mm. to me. There's no twist at the end of that one. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Well. But he didn't write movie, it. The movie fell on deaf ears anyway, so <laughs> you know. Yeah. So After Earth is your least favorite. What's mm-hmm. your favorite M Night? Uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Uh, oh, you did say that. Unbreakable is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I just. Great film, good good concept, well executed. Mm. Really great film. Six Martin. Cents a Close Second. Yeah. Six Cents a Close Second. Martin, what's your favorite and worst M. Night? Um, that I've seen, probably uh, Unbreakable Like Him and The Happening. Happening is your least Just, favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, my favorite is actually, I like The Village. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I like Adrian Brody. I did not see the twist coming in that one. I feel like... Um, the big reveal was good, but I was still lost on the twist until the very end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, and I've watched it again and there are things that I noticed that I didn't notice before, but I think it's really interesting. Like, um, it's again to bring up something that I brought up, um, in the star Wars, um, episode, it's, it's another version of the allegory of the cave. Mm. Um, and interestingly enough, the person who can't see the images projected for her is the one who thinks outside of the box and is curious to know what else is going, the person who is not sighted. Um, so I thought that that was very interesting. Um, I'm going to go with the worst one for me is also the happening. The happening is shit. Mm-hmm. It, they didn't, they explained that like <laughs> the, the earth is like, fuck you, you can't be here anymore. But like, it, it, how do trees talk to each other? What the fuck? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> are they like, are they talking through a root system? Like, how are they evolving? in an instant, all of these species of plant at the same time to attack you. It was just kind of like, eh, come on, bruh. We'll see. That's how I felt about after. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. But they, they didn't yeah. necessarily evolve all at the same know, time. Know, like, the all one day the trees woke and was like, fuck these people. <laughs> yeah. Stay woke. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. See, the happening, 
off of sheer creepiness, I stayed in. You know, I stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a very creepy film. That was the first one of his that like I was like, oh, this it's is the concept. Weird. The concept I felt like was strong, but yeah, the, the ending was like was a lot of his movies have strong concepts, yeah. like on like a, a tagline for the movie or like the, the the paragraph synopsis is is usually pretty good. Yeah. It's how the movie actually plays out is bad the execution. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like the running gag here. That's he's on brand with that. Best and worst, Jess. Um, I'll say my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie is um, Sixth Sense. And I, just because of the lasting effect that it had on me after watching it, I remember I'm like, shit, do I really see dead people? Mm. You know, I kind of had that feeling. And um, How old were you? I was really young. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. Seven, eight. Damn, if that's dude, how you felt watching Sixth Sense, you were born in the nineties. I'm so glad to know that you did not grow up watching Nightmare on Elm Street like oh. me. You the fucking died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, yeah, I'm with him. You were born in the nineties. I'm born eighty nine. Oh, close mm-hmm. enough. My brother's age. Yeah, and then um, worst lady in the water. There it is, man. Night in a nutshell for everybody. The running gag is. The, the intent is always there, but the execution very rarely steps to the plate. That's how it pretty much seems. Is anybody IB, IMDBing him right now to see like what's next for him? Oh, God, no. Let's do that. He said that sequel is next, right? I think he did. <sighs> oh, I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I think he I'm said just, that I'm was just curious project. if it's in pre-production or if it's been greenlit. Like, I want to... Because I feel like this movie performed. Yeah, oh, I yeah, it definitely did. performed. Yeah, it did well in the box office. He's got... As upcoming projects for director, we have in development labor of love. <laughs> Tagline: A widower, a widower embarks on a cross country trip on foot to prove his love for his late wife. That sounds like a cheap Nicholas Sparks knockoff. I was gonna say that it sounds like a rom com with like Matthew McConaughey. Lord, oh. that's it. There's nothing else showing. As, as a director, though. Okay, well then that doesn't sound like that. It's been greenlit. Because I'm pretty much the studios are like, dog, why do we need you when we have Marvel Universe? You know, As we just don't um, need you. producer, we have Labor of Love. We have a movie called Reincarnate. Um, and we've got another movie called Eleven Little Indians. That one will probably be good. Just based off the title? Mm-hmm. I, I, feel I like was going to say something a, very racist, but like... I know you are. Synopsis. Um, a look at life in America as seen through the eyes of a large family from India. That's what I was going to say. I was going to ask Red Dot Feather. Like, that's Alex what I was going to say. Directed um, by sorry. Alex well, Carter. Because I know he's, you know... He's Indian, he's Indian yeah. But. I, yeah, I know he's Indian, and when I heard 11 Little Indians, I thought maybe this will be an exploration of Indian culture, and that one will probably be good. Maybe. And I'm probably going to wish that the lady from Mississippi Masala was directing it. Right. Because she's good at that. Yeah, she seems to be pretty so good So no one, that. who, did anybody see The Last Airbender? Because I heard that was awful. Yeah, I no, saw it. I didn't yeah. even waste my time. Remember, he was a producer for Devil, too. Devil wasn't bad. Yeah. Devil was at least I didn't realize that was him either, but, because people were like, it's him. And I was like, he, he didn't direct it. that. Yeah, he didn't direct it. And then, it. what else did he do? That's about it. Mm-hmm. That's the only movie he's got that wasn't his. I saw The Last Airbender, and I watched The Last Airbender. I watched that season of The Last Airbender, and I was a little frustrated that uh, pretty much everyone in that universe is a person of color, mm. and they weren't in this movie. <laughs> so, White people. <laughs> well, he's not. Shit up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, there are very few times where characters are created that are I guess they're patterned after like Eskimo people, and they. You, I'm pretty sure there's some Eskimo actor that probably could have done those roles. Like, right. there's probably some Eskimo kids that could have done that. Like, I don't know. Like, that kind of bothered me. And then, the kid that they um, they picked to play, um, Ang. He was such a cheese bucket of an actor. Oh, he reminded me so much of like. The, his line delivery, not quite as bad as the kid from The Phantom Menace, but not much better. He turned 28 today. <laughs> Why do you know you that? You're tracking him. Right. <laughs> no, I go to, Are you like, stalking this kid? No, no. Um, my morning ritual, I, I, I get on the internet for like a couple minutes, and IMDb is like the first out I go to. Oh. Every, every single, like I go and look at news or look at what's popping. And usually when you to get to news, you got to scroll past the birthdays. Which is oh, like so I don't even get that far because when I go in there, I don't do it as often as you. Maybe like every other week, I binge movie trailers. But yeah, that's that's your super secret behavior that you know how old that kid is. What a creep! 
<laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird. Just well, so I actually weird. love all three seasons of. Um, well, I, I watched Korra too, but all three seasons of The Last Airbender. So, like, when I heard it was bad, I just couldn't, like, bring myself to watch it. There's really no point in you watching it, though, because they're not going to make the sequels, which was even more frustrating because it's such a dope story. Yeah, yeah, it is. I understand how the conclusion has been had, though. (laughs) I mean, if you fucked up the first one, it's like, you know what? But it came out at that weird time where, like, um, like, Hollywood wasn't, like, accountable for diversity, I guess. Like back in two thousand ten, like now, if you try to if you try to make Avatar: The Last Airbender with white actors, like it wouldn't they fry you. <laughs> like they would fry. Well, the other, would the other interesting you. point yeah. of that is he changed he changed the ethnicity of the Fire Nation because they were supposed to be like East Asian and he made them South Asian instead, yeah. like him, and that was how Dev Patel ended up in the movie. So I guess in summation, man, Split was a it was it was, it was a pretty good movie. It was a pretty good movie. I. I, I if you haven't seen it up to this point, I'm pretty sure you like spoiled it as much as possible for you. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a bad film. Go see it if you have the opportunity. Thanks for sticking with us through this episode, and thanks for supporting us. Um, if you don't already follow us on social media, make sure that you take advantage of this opportune time and pull out your phones and jump on that Instagram at Kind of Movie Critics, and also on Facebook at Kind of Movie Critics. And you can follow us on Twitter at Kind of Movie Crits. That's C R I T S. And kind is K I N D A, just in case I hadn't clarified that before. Um, SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, Google Play, we are official. Uh, so subscribe if you haven't, and please comment. And thank you to the people that have commented up to this point. So, uh, yeah, man, great discussions. And thanks for sticking with us. And remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are, and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.